Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen, and Kate Thompson. Kate's going to be out this week and next week, but she will return, and we'll continue talking more Hellboy, because we'll be right back with the storm when she gets back. But until then, I'm throwing out these bonus episodes for you listeners out there, and this one is very cool. I wish Kate could be here for this one. Um, more than the, any of the other bonus episodes, we on this episode open up the Hellboy RPG game by Mantic Games. Open it up with my special guest. Um, I wish Kate could be here, but you know, she'll get to look at it when she returns. And also, for all of you listeners, in addition to this audio um, edit of this unboxing and looking at the um, Mantic Games Hellboy RPG, I will go ahead and post an unedited version of me and my guests unpacking the game on Instagram, a full version of that without any of my nonsense edited out. So enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Hey, listeners. My guest here is Timothy Reese. Hello, everyone. He is from the show that I am part of. I've posted it on our Instagram feed in the past. It's called Novel Chronicles um, under the, I don't know what do you call it, under Brooklyn Quarter. But Brooklyn what, Quarter. It was just the production company. Brooklyn Quarter is the production company, yeah. Great. It's one of our shows. Yes. A great show. You should check it out if you haven't already. I'm in it. Very good in it. Oh, that's very nice of you. But I brought him on because he comes from the world. I am very, probably like everything that I love I'm or I get part of. I'm a little like not the, ever the expert of it. From the world you play of, it off well then. Great. Love that. <laughs> 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 but in regards to why I brought you on here, and I think you are pretty much an expert of it, is RPG, tabletop games in general. I do my best. But I, I think you you are like an expert. Maybe you like you play D and you've played D and D. You've played in the past. You are a dungeon master. Yeah. Is it a dungeon master? Is that what you call yourself? Yeah, that or game master. Game it depends master. on the audience. Okay. Things Great. get a bit weird sometimes if you say you're a dungeon master. That's you are and you are of, of that for Brook um Brooklyn Quarters. Yeah. Uh, novel Chronicles. I'm just going to continue to say it yeah. over and over. So novel Chronicles. Reason. What it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it really does. I it, it's yeah, a great time. It worked out. Worked a lot on it. So I brought you on here because you have this great knowledge of RPG games, and unfortunately, Kate is out right now, so she can't be here for this. But we purchased this. We've got like a pre-order, part of the Kickstarter through Mantic Games. Okay. They created originally. They did like just like a Hellboy board game. For that, we brought on a friend of ours, Clay Larson, who's like. I would consider an export on board games. And literally we handed the game off to him. It was like, learn this game, come teach it to us. <laughs> was it hard? It wasn't hard, okay. but you, it definitely has a lot of, it's like a game where it's like, it's similar to like, what's that in the realm of board game in a sense of what's the game about like uh, the pandemic. Oh, pandemic. You know how like there's a lot to the game. It, yeah. It, it's, it, there's a world. And I just knew that my brain didn't have the patience at the time <laughs> to be like, let me learn the rules and come play it on the show. So yeah. I had my friend do it. Now we're not doing that with you. We're not, I mean, we could, but we're we not. Could. They put out this RPG game. So it's using the, the mechanics mm -hmm. of Dungeons and Dragons oh. that I'm aware of, I believe. See, you just brightened up. I don't know if you knew this going yeah, in. So I came in cold. I know nothing about this. I was expecting like, oh, maybe it's a D6 system. <laughs> Maybe it's something totally off the walls and you gotta you make it up as you go along. This let's see how heavy it is. Oh, it's oh good some weight. Oh goodness. <laughs> that is that is not light. That is preposterously heavy. 
Yeah. That's got a lot in it. Yeah, I'm very curious what it is because I can't, since us donating to the Kickstarter, knowing this is coming, because it comes with like a, a little pouch thing, I think, to carry parts of it. I'll find out when we open. For you to carry everything you would normally carry in your hands <laughs> yes. when you have to shift to this. That's a lot of weight. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So from what I'm aware, that I believe they worked with their like game, I'm assuming game creators at Mantic Games. Okay. Looked at the command. What was the word I was used? Mechanics. Mechanics of D&D and then designed it around this game, which is similar to Novel Chronicles. You use the mechanics D&D, but yeah. then you like you tweak it for our world in Ben Tier. Yeah. So, base, so what we did with Novel Chronicles was we... Instead of releasing it as a new game, or because it's really it's it's not our rules though are so homebrew, right? That it's yeah. when we're doing combat, it's an entirely different game. Yeah, what do we call it now? Combat um, abridged, which I love. Yeah, it really, you excel at it. You do really well. Thank in you. It. I I you were my target. You, you were my target audience. Oh great! Because when you brought it to the table, I was like. This is exactly how I want it to go. I yeah. don't have not the kind of player that just sits there and waits his turn. I'm like, there's like a lot of like, yeah, go. like the improv, what we do, like in scene work, when you do Dungeons and Dragons and I needed that yeah. in the, in the, in the battles. And you brought that, I think with your oh, bridge you. yeah, is what you. I think. Yeah. It was a, it was a big labor of love. A lot of balancing. I tried to be, a, I tried to, to really study the system since we've been playing. So I've been playing since. 2017 now five years which is like you know a, a baby's uh, just baby years for so many of the old school gamers but i'm smiling because you said the word you studying the system and i'm like i've i've known you now not even a year have i known you under a year under a year yeah under a year but in that little amount of time you are a person that has like you have one of those brains where it can be like triggered by something and you can just like it will like it feels like you have like filing cabinets that like little tiny sort like filing cabinet sorters or machines in your head that go and yeah. they pull out the facts yeah and then you're like get this guys da, 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 da. <laughs> so you saying studying i'm like how what did you need to study it's all in there <laughs> oh man that's actually one of the really interesting things about dungeons and dragons and i think it's probably contributed to the longevity of it is that a it's an old game i mean DD itself has been around since like it's it's coming up on i think 45 years old would that be the the 70s or early 70s. 70s yeah so it came out in the 70s uh by will arneson gary gygax the original system designers and they created the like let's call it first edition and now we're in fifth edition and that was really spearheaded by jeremy crawford and jeremy crawford who wrote fifth edition it's a really well done game and he has a brilliant mind that was able to conceptualize and abstract rules and mechanics to do a thing and so it's been really funny to unpack because with D&D in particular I feel like you're actually getting when you play a lot of it and you have to worry work work around all these edge cases which you do when you dungeon master someone asks you something like really weird like how far can I jump if I'm sitting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what like how far can I jump if I'm sitting and you he, I'm sure there's a way to work it out because he somehow uh, with his team has developed a system for it and so yeah it's it's an interesting thing to with combat abridged it was really a thing of like I originally tried a homebrew when we first started and I made things worse way worse <laughs> way worse I mean that feels like natural and like a process of creation right yeah you I think we all have done that. That's like a bad, that's like a second bad draft, right? Are you a person who tinkers? Do you tinker with things? Like breaking apart like a clock and putting it back together? Well, I don't like that. I mean, like, I'm like, around, that's immediately when I hear the word tinker. Yeah, I'm looking around this space and I don't see any like thing disassembled, but I'm wondering like when you write things, do you typically, are you someone who tinkers with something continuously? I would say no. 
maybe somebody else would tell you different. Like I'm in the middle of like, this is so off the subject matter, but like tinkering to me, I, I probably not to the degree that you're, you're, you're like thinking, but like we're in the middle of like editing some, some shorts that we shot at my, my house outside near the pool last summer. And I'm definitely a person that loves that process of like, we got everything we needed of the day, even though you find out like you did miss some stuff and that's the worst feeling. But I love the idea of tinkering in that where I'm like finding it again. And I mean, that's sort of a cliche of like, oh, you rewrite, you write it again. Yes, you do. But also like that is the tinkering I like to do, I guess. Okay. That probably says, no, I don't tinker. It sounds like you're a person who likes to just continually improve something. Yeah. I want to make it the best I can. And like, I'll rewatch something like I'm editing and be like, okay, wait, we can tighten that up or this and get it to. But then there's things like this podcast where I'm like, my edits are like a pass but but i'm not i've talked to other pot like independent podcasters this is so behind like how the the hot dog is made is that, is that yeah yeah is sure phrase? sure it's, it's sausage. sure that's it's it, a sausage but yeah i say hot dog yeah i'm yeah. lower class okay. than a sausage <laughs> i've talked to them and they're like yeah i don't really care about ums or this and i meticulously go through and sink it and then i listen and i take all that out i'm like i don't want that air i don't want i want it i want my listeners to at least feel like the thoughts they're receiving are like flowing to them yeah they're not distracted by it that's the way i am i can't Can't i can't deal with it yeah unless it's like really something natural that needs to be there to make it work it's that we're gonna we're gonna sound like we're just the most fluid speakers <laughs> possible. Any other thoughts you wanted to say about D&D before we open this, crack this up or anything? I think or that's it. I'm going to try not to click. I just caught myself doing that. Little, the mouse eating the cheese. I'm going to let you have the hands on this. That's a running joke on Novel Chronicles that I love Timothy's hands. It's true. <laughs> you don't need to be gentle about it. So there's a, there's a texture on the outside of a plastic, which... This I'm not perfect. sure what I, I'm assuming it's some kind of PTE. It feels almost like what do you cook with? Like parchment paper. Parchment paper. You know what this feels like? This feels exactly like the bag that cereal comes in in a box. Oh, that is yes, yeah, a little cereal box of a Hellboy yeah. bag. Here. So this symbol, I don't know how much you know. I, I should have maybe I asked know this about very it. little. This is the organization he works for called BPRD, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. So it's in the movies, but this symbol is, is developed, of course, in the comics, and then it made its way to the films and so forth. I have seen, and you have corrected me very quickly, that the comic is not the film. True, but I think many people, I have to always back off a little bit and be like, yes, that's true. I mean, you true. were holding me by, against the wall by my throat yeah, at the time. I was, I'm very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to remind myself that many people, fans of the comics, that was their entry point. Guillermo brought a lot of people to the fold. Uh, well, first of all, this bag is very fun. It's got double-sided pockets. Whoa. This is a this is a bag you can use on set. I'm going to be real. It also has what a nice little detail. Oh, wow. Actually, the BPRD logo right there. That is That's fun. Nice. This is really high-quality stuff, I think. It's got like a military design to it. Yes. Kind of a molly strap almost, like these this olive along with this kind of strap, especially here. I mean, that yeah. basically looks like a vest. I think that's what they're probably going for with the Bureau, making it feel like you're a field agent. Uh, this is for cell phones that don't exist anymore. It's kind of looks tiny, too. It, actually, really a, tiny. A tiny can of like pepper spray. <laughs> yeah, pepper spray for a, a monster. Yeah, but I really like this. I feel like you could definitely use this on set and you're going to get some you're going to get some credit from those who recognize the logo. If you do end up on set with Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, 
and you have this, just be like, oh, you didn't back this Kickstarter. Oh, you didn't get one. You didn't get one, buddy. Oh, it's so weird. And then he'll literally be like, I have molds of every character in my house. And I know I'm good friends with Hellboy himself, Ron Perlman. And I'll be like, I'll keep my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) This is cool. I like the idea that you could possibly use this to carry parts of the game to your session and a forklift because this is... It's so heavy. Really heavy. You have a scale? Can we actually know how much this is? Will one that you use for my own weight work? Maybe. I mean, I guess what I could do is get on it, see my weight, yeah. I'll share my weight on the podcast. That's then we'll, all right. <laughs> we'll add this. Yeah, I'll go let's get do it. Let's okay. do it. Uh, vamp. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, uh, MDC is running through the space to grab a scale. And I'm just going to keep vamping. The box I'm looking at right now, the Hellboy RPG Field Director Pledge, has the BPRD logo on the top. It's a brown cardboard unadorned and i think they actually did a really good job with the art style here they probably saved quite a bit of money not printing on it but it matches the aesthetic to be brown regular brown paper all right let's do this okay here we go um let's first weigh me okay so here goes nothing here's my weight so we can get an idea of how much this weighs. we're only at 163 i looked this up i am overweight okay (laughs) i need to lose about 30 pounds (laughs) like yeah i looked this up (laughs) (laughs) i literally did this this morning i uh, had a little uh when you when you work home alone, you kind of will go on little uh, mental uh, downfalls. You got you got to find projects to work on. All right, so I'm gonna lift it up now and reweigh it. I'm gonna guess that weighs. I'm gonna guess that weighs like five pounds, ten pounds. I'm sorry, ten pounds is my my guess. Five pounds. Why would I say five pounds? Ten pounds. It's now one sixty nine. Okay. So it weighs six pounds. That seems light. It does feel way heavier. How much do you weigh then? 160. We just weighed me. You I know, but trying to shame me again. Now I'm wondering if the scale is accurate. All right, let's let's. All right, uh, let's let's get this bad boy open. I'm very excited to see what this what's in here and what the layout is like. And I get I know nothing. I love that you know nothing. I should know more since I donated to, but I'm glad I I really have going in blank. Other than I know it's a game. I back a lot of Kickstarter projects, and I obsess about the the details yeah this is a fun experience all right here we go this is wow oh this is what i was most excited about especially since joining the cast of novel chronicles is i knew there was a dice set that is really exciting so we're looking at a an eight piece set wow this is a d20 system that's remarkable eight piece set these are gorgeous yeah ap set of a lot of let's see we've got a d20 we've got d10s let's see that is two d10s three d10s curious about this system now one d12 (laughs) my favorite die a d8 a d6 and a d4 i'm gonna be honest with you that d4 i'm a huge fan of the aesthetic of that Oh, nice. that's really cool. This is this is really rad. So we're also looking at a ton of miniatures here, which are all, I'm assuming, custom molded for this. These are frogmen, just so you know. OK, frogmen. these are frogmen and this is a giant frogman. And this is a sadu head. I'm curious about the scale of these yeah. figures. This is interesting to me because this is not the standard 25 millimeter 30 millimeter right bases a little bit bigger and i actually really like that when you have hero characters in general i like the idea of the heroes being 
slightly bigger on the table. It's a little difficult to film things. I'm coming from the perspective, right, of having For to sure. film miniatures on a table, which are notoriously complex. It's unbelievable how complicated it is to film miniatures because you gotta get yeah. the coloring right and the scale right and everything. This is These are really good sculpts. And then this is a big pile of, ah, they're frogs. I thought they were eggplants for a second. Yeah, they're little frogs because that's like the main- Don't they kind of look like aubergines? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I, tasty. Are you going to paint these? I won't. There's no way in hell I will. I won't have the patience to sit down and do it. Okay. There's a, a trick. trick. The uh, You do what's called the Zenithal method. It's actually what we do for the show. Oh, my gosh. This giant frog man is amazing. This is gorgeous. Ooh, he's, he's opening it up, folks. That's really gorgeous. 3D printed? What do you think? There's is? a texture here on the bottom, which lends me to think it's probably milled. Maybe not. Maybe they printed the blank. If there's a slight texture to it, this like raised lines, which has the kind of vibe of 3D printed. But either way, this is definitely, maybe this is resin. I don't think it is. I don't think so it's resin. I think this is injection molded. Either way, Ooh. it's gorgeous. It's really good. And it's just fun too. Like it feels fun. Yeah. So the Zenithal method is what we use for the show. I don't know if you, like, I don't know if you've like, you notice the terrain and the show yes. is, is painted. I want everybody Chronicles. to know you do great where you do 3d printing oh, and you create great terrain, not only on for like good for the camera, but I think as a player, it's like an option. Okay, good. The, so we, I paint the terrain, right? But I don't paint the miniatures. So instead I do what's called the Zenithal method, which is that you paint from the top. Oh my goodness. Custom character sheets. So I, Zenithal method is that you paint the miniature entirely black. So you say you took Frogman, the giant Frogman here. You paint the miniature entirely black okay. and then you come in at a 45 degree angle and you lay down a layer of paint in a circle yep. around the miniature, like gray. Right. And then you come in at the end from the very top and spray just a little bit of white down. And it's as if you're looking at something that's shaded from high noon. It's a, it's a really great trick because it allows you to bake in the lighting. That's very cool. To the miniature. It kind of doesn't depend, doesn't matter how I light the table in the show then. And I did that. I um, took forever. <laughs> I bet. But it, it is, you could probably do these in a you know, couple hours. Yeah. So we've got the character sheets here, which I love. That's a really clear character sheet. This is, this is fun. So we've got looking at it. We've got a spot, which is this to harkens back to old school D and D really, which is a spot for you to draw or place the photo of the agent, right? Your yeah. character portrait here. And I think that works for like, especially the BPRD, because I could see in that world, if it's it's a government agency, mm -hmm. they'd take a photo of you. Yeah. Like when you go to a new job, I'd always be like, we need a picture of you for your ID. Yeah. Stand against this wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that, especially for like Hellboy and these like different types of creatures that work for like this organization. All right. So there's some systems on here that I don't recognize from regular DD. I mean, I, ingenuity, don't know what that is because uh, you've already got proficiency. And then we've got injury levels. And here we go. This is, this mechanic exists in fifth edition. I don't play it because it makes uh, characters really annoyed. <laughs> Where I go like, not only did you get stabbed, you lost several toes and now you're slow forever. Um, <laughs> but we've got that. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that healing is a big part of what has to happen after the battles for yes. Hellboy and crew. OK, so in that case, it makes sense that they would be restored after being really seriously messed up. Speaking of that, when we played the board game for the first time and the one time I've only played it, to be honest, it destroyed us. It was hard. I, we walked away barely getting through the one fight that we had. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Healing would be like a major part. 
I'm feeling like this is a DM screen. Oh, you're probably right. Let's open it. I up. think it is. Let's break let's, that plastic. Let's 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 start with this because th- I think this will a DM screen is always a good way for somebody who is getting into a tabletop RPG game. Right, a DM screen is sometimes a good way to get an idea of what the priority is for the game mechanic. Because how so? Yeah, the the GM screen, which for those who haven't played uh, games in this family before, it's a it's a serves as two functions. One, it's a physical barrier that protects the GM's notes and props and minis and things that they're going to have on their table. It also blocks the dice rolls because sometimes that is done preemptively, right? Yeah. I may roll a dice roll yeah. for something I can see coming, so I just have it quickly. But Can't let me, the player, in on Right. That. What a GM screen will often do as well Ooh. is it, it, the backside of it, this is this is gorgeous. Yeah, and it has this all this... Mignola art on here and I love it. it. The other side of it is often made up with real estate that they use to give reminder notes for the GM. Oh, and I think that's what you go. got. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love watching you look at this. Wow, this is, they spent a lot of time on this. I see, I've I've made these custom before for uh-huh. myself. It is a huge labor. And so looking at it, I'm going to read from left to right, just top right. headers. This is fun. I like the, I like the kind of tone it's setting. Things to find and people to meet. Jumps next to things to punch in the face. Oh, amazing. Things to keep handy. Things that should scare you. And actually, I really love the idea of this because I'm assuming that they've reduced the number. I actually like, okay, I'm explaining what happens here. I'm looking at, I've never seen this before, the actual monster stat blocks of mm-hmm. the monsters you're going to encounter on the screen. And these are probably the vast majority of monsters you're going to encounter. Definitely frog monsters. Definitely frog monsters. And also this is very clearly D&D at this point because I'm looking at challenge rating CR. Also, I think there's some kind of legal rule that if you release a system that has D20, there's some kind of agreement that you enter into with Wizards of the Coast. So they've they've worked out something with the, the SRD to allow this and which is totally normal. But the looking at it, if you don't have a ton of monsters that you're going to deal with, which I think is actually sometimes better for grounding in a world, you don't need to have an entirely separate book explaining what all of their moves do. Because if you think about it, if you were to take a detective noir and make an RPG out of it, you're not going to have flying goat monsters in a detective noir. <laughs> you don't have an infinite number of creatures of the fantastical you're going to encounter. Yeah. You just have humans, variations of humans, like attack animals maybe. You know, right? Yeah. Of which they're probably like what, like dogs, and uh, besides that, wild owl. Yeah, you're not going to worry about having a monster manual. And so I really like that they've. It looks like they've done that here. They've gone. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven monsters that are going to be your basic ones you're going to encounter. It's everything from Nazi minion soldiers to imps. And what a great way to make it simple for the GM because they can just throw whatever they need to at you. And then also things to find and people people to meet oh this is great because this is a very D. this is random encounters we don't really use them in novel chronicles the but the idea is that you play every random yeah i everything everything is thought yeah. out but like i like the idea of the random table where you need to have a clue somewhere and you roll a d20 like let's say you roll let's do this for real roll a d20 i'll open this up and roll a 20 hold on gorgeous d20 that's right i have a bad record for rolling you are d20. yeah <laughs> An 11. <laughs> Better than average. Yeah. So you rolled an 11 
And with that, all right, so we have the 11. God, that is such a pretty D20. It looks like stone. Yeah. It's really good. Um, so on this clue location, on a shelf, and the clue medium is going to be bullet casings or a weapon. And the idea with this is that you can say, things to find people to meet, you can go, I need a clue location. You roll an 11. It's on a shelf. Or I need a, I need an interesting tome. And that would be the clavicule of Solomon. And, or it has, so it has first names. Ah, that's really cool. So it just has a bunch of like names here that you can use. So this is a way that you can really like really quickly come up with things you would need. Things that should scare you. <laughs> I just like it says things that should scare you. And number one is Great Britain. <laughs> but there's just country locations. They just call that table that. That's really fun. All right, let's get into the. Are you going to jam this? Are you going to play this? I, I, I hope to. OK, I hope to. That's I don't know about jamming. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to. Right now it was just purchased because I have a show. And I love the world of Hellboy. All right. So this is, I guess, would be the manual, I'm assuming. Yeah. Although I'm really curious about what's going to be in here. Well, first of all, I can already tell there's a bookmark. So they, why does the player's handbook not have a bookmark? It just ends up becoming post-it notes. So with the book here. Yes. Oh, we've got this lovely dust cover. Okay. First of all, I, we gotta, I, gotta, I want your reaction to this because I just saw something that I don't think Ooh. you knew about. And I'm just going to face this towards you and look at this. Oh, thing. wow. That is, that is some quality work. This is really cool. I mean, that is a gorgeous. It's a leather texture. Yeah. I don't know if it's leather, but it certainly feels like it. And it looks Good. I love omnibuses of like comic book runs I love and stuff. Mm -hmm. This beats some of those. <laughs> like in the quality it looks. This yeah. feels like it belongs in the universe. It feels like something that Professor Broom would have. Ready? Hold it. It's not a hardback. No, it's not. That's surprising. That's even better. Yeah. Like it, Cause this it's is the kind of thing. Stiff. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you would hold. It has a little bit of a bow to it. Open this up. Ooh. Here we go. I love it. Good construction. Yeah. I got it. I, I reading like I don't know when it's gonna happen and who would sit down and do it, but I gotta like I have to DM one of these guys. Oh yeah, totally. At least do a one shot. So yeah, this is looking like it's a it's very very similar to a general D and D creation. You're setting your character up. You're doing a lot of uh, dice rolls at the beginning. I'm wondering if it's doing the the standard roll. You point towards your general strength and constitution and dexterity mm -hmm. and wisdom. But looking at it, this has been really well thought out. This is really intense oh okay so this is the origins this is a fun idea it looks like i don't know if the, these are i don't so dear listener i am i'm looking at this and it looks like origins might be classes but i don't think so i think they've i think they've simplified that aspect which i kind of wish dnd did to be honest it's a little bit weird sometimes when you're doing we're a very narrative based story we're not there are people that play D&D &D as a tactical war game and a lot lean a lot more towards that yeah we don't play that way i like this idea that you don't get bound up in abstract ideas of, of your class because it's sometimes incongruous with what you're trying to do in the story. Like you're not going to, if somebody goes like, hey, someone's not going to walk into a pub and be like, I'm Ewan Forhire. I'm a ranger. <laughs> like, what is that? Like, who gave you that title? No, it's just your class. Right. So you then have to justify how you're a ranger inside the world as an abstract thing, even though you're getting perks of that. And then if you fight another ranger, and you're seeing their abilities. Are they from the same school as you? How does that work out? It just starts to get kind of annoying. <laughs> and it looks like they've gotten around that by going like, you're a ghost. That's your classification. Yeah, your classification. Now you tell us how, why that is. Yeah, you're a ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like a whole thing of like where you can build because it's like life before the BPRD and very fun. Very fun. 
your drive. Which something you like, uh, I think you called it. What do you call it for our characters? Like off the gate, you're like, what motivates you? What? Yeah, yeah. It was it was basically the idea of what is your what if you what what are you wanting to do? What is keeping you from doing it? And what would you do in order to do it? Yes. Yeah. Which that was fun to develop. Because otherwise, you just have like. You have characters that are just stand-ins for real people, and then it gets awkward. Field operations. Ewan is not a stand-in for me at all. Well, there's a funny, there's a funny thing about that, right? <laughs> is that I, I often talk about this when I watch an episode. So your character, Ewan, you play a character who's over 100 years old. And he's, what, 170, I believe? Yeah. Somewhere in there. So Ewan is 170 years old and has seen a lot of the world. He's a fairn from the show. And... As a result, he has a lot of memories from all over the place. But what I love is that you have these nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> and sometimes when I watch the show, you'll say something that's like so incredibly wise. It's like off the cuff. It just comes out of you. And there's this point where I go like, does MDC believe the thing he just said? Or did it just like come out of this? Like, you know, is there some free association happening that causes you to black out and say this incredible nugget of truth? That you then are you just a wise man? Like I would never call myself myself a wise but man. But Ewan is so but wise. I do, but I also think that like as an actor and like a performer and improviser through most of my life, and for the show, of course, I think you just act. I think there's just places to access. Like I think similar to you, I'm going to equate it to like you having like a brain that has like a lot of facts, right? Or uh, facts makes it sound like it's like dumb facts. It's not. It's like just knowledge about stuff. And I don't have that type of brain to like access that stuff. I know you and a couple of other people I know very well. I glom onto other things like points of view. It's really astounding. I mean, it's talking myself up a little more than I should, but I think that is where I, my brain will go is like, okay, like what's the point of view I can grab and pull into this? And it, who knows where it came from? It could have been from a movie I saw. Could have been from a novel, whatever. It could honestly be like a desk calendar yes. of like Ewan's sayings, and yeah. it just gets you through the year. That'd be great, let's make right? it happen. <laughs> Only we haven't done enough episodes, so really it would get you through like February. Yeah, but, exactly. But I like the idea of that. <laughs> let's skip ahead a little bit. Let's get further in and see what happens when we get past the roles, okay. which is all character creation, yeah, and get into the the meat potatoes, equipment. Yeah, here we're in the here we're in the needly bits that people tend to like whenever they're customizing and they want to make sure they have the right gear, which I know is a huge thing in Hellboy. Yeah, for sure. And then, okay, so here we have the rules. The fifth edition, yeah, we're definitely in the fifth edition basics. There you go. We're in D&D here. So they must have worked out some kind of agreement to be able to use the D mechanics, yeah, you're right. which saves a ton of effort. It also makes it a lot easier for people to play. They don't have to learn a whole new system. Oh, this is great. It's kind of fun to see this because I'm thinking that one of the things I know from... A good friend of mine who was on another show that we used to do, he has always wanted to run a zombie campaign, <laughs> like a zombie survivor in yeah. in as a as a role playing game. But he often ran into trouble finding a good system for it. And I right now just looking at the way this is kind of the tone and structure, you could just take this and make this a Walking Dead game if you wanted. You could just strip out Hellboy with with all the work they've done here with like a sharpshooter mechanic and leather tactical gloves and shoving and crushing and climbing and stability. <laughs> the, that whole idea, you could just very much turn this into like a walking dead game. Time and movement. You're skipping all the way to chapter 10. I want to see the rituals. Oh yeah. Go for it, please. Rituals and magic. Oh, this is fun. 
So these are like, I'm curious if these, if I'll recognize any of these as spells. Well, let's just read Ghost Shirt because I like the name. So it is a, it, it summons a protect, a protective etheric shirt. It gives you physical uh, attack and from unintended harm, which I'm assuming is something that happens a lot in, in Hellboy's <laughs> unintended harm. Whenever you are attacked, it reaches out to stop the attack. So it gives you a bonus to that. It's like, a, it's like holding a shield. But I like the idea of the fact that you can cast these spells over and over again. And as a result, you can stack it. This is that's a really interesting way to play because you've got the idea of being able to stack a spell. That's really interesting. It's fun because a lot of these are I'm noticing are from comics we've read. OK, like this hand of glory is straight up from an issue. Okay. Of Box of Evil. And that's a, well, it's a level 10. So I'm assuming that's a super high on those. I don't know what the that's scale cool. is. I don't know what the scale is here, but uh, 10 seems to be the highest number we've seen. And if the component is a hand of a hanged thief. Let's see. The hand curls um, and you create a hand of glory is what it does, which is on page 89, which is it got a really nice footnote. The font in here is actually really easy to read, too. Is this the Hellboy font? Close to Clem Robbins, who does the lettering for it's a like lot a of It's like a felt marker at italic. Yes. And then, like, the, the one of, like, the chapters, that's, like, straight-up Hellboy color. Yeah, so here we've got Hand of Glory, the pickled and preserved hand of a hanged man <laughs> has been imbued magics. Ooh, each time you use it, a finger curls towards the hand's paw. That is foul. I love that so much. Oh, wow. Okay, so every time you use it, you get an additional action. There's also the part of me that's looking at this going like, oh, yeah, and you could just rebalance that to be, yeah. yeah. This is really, this is really cool. This is, a, this is also an unbelievable amount of work. Level 12. Okay, we got a level 12 right here. Oh. That seems to be the highest number we've discovered so yeah, far. so far. The Dark Rituals. Ooh. And I'm assuming this has, is this, they've probably combined this. We Yep. So this is looks like they have combined this with giving you the ability to write a story. Oh, that's awesome. That's really clever. So there's a lot of stuff in here. Like we're looking at other weirdness. So um, but this looks like it gives you quite a bit of background. Oh, yeah. Foes and allies. In order to actually show you how to create your own story here. Yeah. yeah. We got the monster manual part. Yeah. OK, so there is a lot more creatures in this. There definitely is like demons. There's levels of demons because there's like a, there essentially is a hell that he came from. since you've never read it. Like you you sort of like when you first enter Hellboy, you start off like thinking, oh, it's just like paranormal, like down the line, like demons, ghosts, blah, blah. But it's we're where we're at now. Currently in our reading, we're to the very near the end of his almost his story. You find out that Hellboy has his mother, who is like this dying, like uh, a was she a nun? No, but she's a witch, and she <laughs> had a. Her, not reading Hellboy. It's really funny that like line of that line of comments. Was she a? No, she's not a nun. She's a witch. Anyway, because yeah, her children are a nun and a priest. Other children, and she had a relationship with a demon. You learn that he's in the bloodline of King Arthur. Okay, Hellboy straight up is in line. To Arthurian. Be the king. He's always Arthurian. Welsh. <laughs> he's Welsh and Welsh, and, but raised in America. But so that you've learned that like there's a whole fairy world that's in the Hellboy universe, and so much more, and a lot of Russian, of course. Folklore. Right. Baba Yaga is one of his great enemies. Here we've gotten into the allies. So we've got Abe Sapien, Liv Sh Liz Sherman. Oh, there's Lobster Johnson, who doesn't look like a clown. Did he ever dabble in clowning? Is there any kind? I bet of there's a backstory there. <laughs> <laughs> when he was in his youth, he probably clowned, but then the war happened and he had to give up clowning and become Lobster John. Have I just given you the hook for your first adventure? <laughs> Maybe. Discover the clown. Everyone will hate. Yes, discover, the Lobster Johnson. Yeah, discover the clown <laughs> origins of Lobster Johnson. 
Oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm on board. Oh, and here we go. The, uh, so here, the, of the mind. yeah, so here we've, we've passed into an introduction for the GM. Oh, great. This is for me. Yeah. And so this is teaching you how to use and create character sheets, how to actually understand this. And I, I, it looks like I'm wondering how they structured this because investigating the site beforehand, I'm wondering if they have set up multiple sites. I'm just going to move my hand real quick to see how this works. The Jungles of the Mind? Is that the name of the adventure? I think there's an adventure in here called The Jungles of the Mind. Probably like a like a starter adventure so you can get used to it. Yeah, and then it's showing you how to set up combat mechanics and everything like that. That's yes. great. It's all in one book. That's going to be great. Amazing. And it's got great artwork. This is really fun. So here we've got... And are there angels in Hellboy? Because we've seen an angel here. Yes. They're, I think I told you on, on Novel Chronicles, I like... One time I had to call um, the spiritual guardians or whatever I have. Yes, the spectral guardians. Definitely stole from a guy Davis. Okay. Design of an angel, which are like from the biblical. Like, but also, it's like he's, he took it from like the biblical like descriptions, which are like multiple wings. And horrific looking. Horrific, horrific looking, yeah. I don't want to give away any spoilers in case yeah, people want to play this. Yeah, it's a full adventure. It's a full adventure that we're reading the GM section, so I'm not going to say what's in it. Uh, because these are obviously going to be secrets that come along as you play through it. Oh, that's great. Uh, but this is really, okay, this is really cool. So they've actually laid it out very cleanly for you to figure out how to actually get through this adventure and deal with the party going off the rails a bit. Oh, great. That's good for somebody like me that would be a, a first time like Gene. Yeah, I can tell you uh, just from the first time I ever played is that you go through this, right, the first time you ever played, D and D and you never GM'd, you got it. You'll read like this many pages and go, okay, I'm all set for the first adventure. And then you'll, you'll do like two paragraphs in three hours. And that's basically what happens. <laughs> it sounds like D and D. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've, I mean, to plug the show continuously for novel chronicles, some of our favorite episodes are literally just a shopping episode. Yeah. And then one where we're just like trying to walk around and figure shit out. One that's, Probably more about dealing with trauma after a battle yeah. than an actual battle. So yeah, one of the things that I try to deal with on the show is that I don't like whenever I don't like whenever the when you see the hot dog getting made, right? I don't like the idea of You can say sausage, it's about your higher class. No, we've show. already we've already we've already established that hot dog is is the purview of our of our dear listeners here. And I really feel like with I don't like I don't like for things to be reduced down to just like I wanna buy, you know, a vase. It's like you buy a vase this many coins. And so for me, I'm, I would much rather take the things that are very unimportant. Mm -hmm. Right. And that the players maybe don't know they're unimportant. Like we're not going to talk about you all trying to find food. We're not going to do that on the show, but I like the idea of making everything you do an experience. So if you're going to go out and buy something and you're like, we want to buy this amount of food. If it's not going to be interesting, you just get the food. But then if it's going to be interesting, you're going to experience it as it goes. And so smart. This is this really gives you the tool for that because it looks like they've they've thought through some of the particularities that you could run into. Other than seeing the movies, this is like a flash introduction to the world of Hellboy. What do you think, Timothy? And also in based in a role playing setting not even a comic book um i, I was gonna take out all these frogmen and lay them out and go i get this 12 frogmen out of 12. and then i'm like thanks yeah <laughs> <to deal> <laughs> um, i coming into this with zero expectations i'm actually really really pleasantly surprised i kind of wish that there were more miniatures i feel like you could probably cannibalize the board game you have if you need to get more minis yeah it looks like there's a substantial amount of effort in this book uh, I would say that if somebody's 
looking to find a system that is either specifically Hellboy or maybe even Zombie, this is the way to go. I've not seen anything like this. It's very modern day. It's been very thought through. It's going to deal with a lot more of the paranormal, even though I just said you could use it for Walking Dead. You're not going to really be, you know, ritualistically summoning uh, the pickled hands of hanged men, hanged thieves, <laughs> in order to give yourself granted bonus actions. But it seems like it's a really nice, well thought through paranormal adventure, regardless of the fact that it's Hellboy. That's hard to find sometimes. Sometimes it'll get so bent and twisted towards a very specific IP that you won't get that. I think it's great. I think awesome. it's gorgeous. It feels like it belongs in the universe and it's very well thought out. Like the layout's great. Wonderful to hear. From somebody that I consider an expert of the RPG. And also these dice. I mean, where else are you going <sighs> to have these, these dice, dice from? are so pretty. But wow, it's cool. Well, thanks, Timothy, for coming on and going through this with me. I'm so happy to have you and all your thoughts are very appreciated. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, of course. But before you get out of here, I just want you to do one last wonderful plug for our great show. I will. Uh, Brooklyn Quarters, Novel Chronicles. Go for it. Novel Chronicles is a series on YouTube that is following the exploits of the Caveat Cooperative. It is a it's an RPG game, so you're watching actors who are sitting at a table playing a game, but it's a it's a wonderful narrative experience in the world of Bintier, which is unique to us. They find that at youtube.com slash Brooklyn Quarter, also brooklynquarter.com, as well as all of our socials. And episode nine is debuting on April 12th at 6 p.m., and when we have new episodes coming out, there's always 6 p.m. on Tuesdays now. But I should not bake in that time since we just changed it again. Uh, it's on Tuesdays <laughs> when it's coming out. Yeah, if you want to check it out there, we have, we're have we going to have nine episodes that they can catch up on in the story. And we're also very soon going to have our lore library, our uh, wonderful, our wonderful informational kind of wiki on the website so that they can track who the individuals in the story are where they're going and what they can expect next amazing check it out everybody i know i'm on it but i think it's a great thing regardless they could kill me off and i still think it's a great show <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing my best you are doing a great job period to kill you off <laughs> oh, that? Oh. <laughs> well once again timothy thank you for taking your time out this went longer and for the better um, than i anticipated so thank you for cutting this time out and just you know a little uh um i'll see you next time we record or uh yeah in like three hours in three hours we're gonna have dinner so just (laughs) so you all know listeners (laughs) with the whole novel chronicles crew yeah all right well thanks timothy yeah i hope you all enjoyed that episode and i hope that um if you haven't already i hope you get a chance to get hold of a hellboy rpg game i'm gonna become um a game master just in order to at least play one solid session of this game and live for a moment in the world of hellboy i'm very excited to do that but thank you again for listening i'd love to hear um both me and kate would love to hear from all of you out there, any thoughts about the game, about anything on this episode or anything on all prior episodes to now, please let us hear your thoughts by giving us an email at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to share your thoughts on the show. As well as you can follow us on Instagram at ahcrapahellboypodcast. You could definitely DM us there. We'll respond. We just don't share your thoughts on the show, but we love hearing from you either way. And if you could, please go out of your way to go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Subscribe, rate, review. Do all of that. 
But if you give us what we call a boom review, which is a five-star review, with starting with the word boom, B-O-O-O-M, we'll read your review right here on the show and give you all the praise and love that you deserve. Hopefully brings more people to the show, so we appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another bonus episode for you. I have this one geared up. Hopefully I don't have to edit this out or or uh, retcon the release of this, but I'm going to have a friend of mine come on and we're going to discuss the crossover storyline Hellboy Ghost. I don't know how I feel about having to to cover that storyline um, that's non-canon, but, you know, tune in next week to find out. So thank you again for listening, and remember... We love you. Because this is a day where I got really upset about my weight. Just gonna be, I'm just going to be honest. Okay. And I was like, I got to lose weight before my little, I have like a wedding party with family and stuff for a wedding that's already occurred. And I was like, I got to get rid of this gut. And so I looked up a list and I got to get cut some stuff out. French fries being the number one thing. What, but not burgers, right? One a month. All right. But you gotta stop having french fries with it. Yeah. Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.